Welcome to the GovComs podcast, bringing you the latest insights and innovations from experts and thought leaders around the globe in government communication. Now, here is your host, David Pembroke. Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to GovComs, the podcast that examines the practice of content communication in government and the public sector. My name's David Pembroke, and thank you very much for joining me. Today, we speak to Peter Timmons, who's a Freedom of Information lawyer since 1991, but most importantly, as it relates to content and the role of transparency and the use of content in explaining what government does, Peter has been fundamental in establishing the Australian Open Government Partnership Network. And we're going to speak to him quite a bit about this in a moment. And I was lucky enough to be in Paris a couple of years ago at the Open Government Partnership meeting. And it was a fascinating place and so important for communicators to understand just exactly what that is. But Peter's been Uh, a fellow of the Australian Academy of Law and practising for over 25 years. He does specialise in the freedom of information. And as I say, he is really vitally involved in this open government partnership network. And he joins me now, Peter. Thanks very much for joining me on GovComs. Well, thanks, David, and thanks for that uh, nice uh, wrap. Um, It's a pleasure to talk to you this morning. So let's just go back to the Open Government Partnership and perhaps take us a bit through the history so it can sort of, we can settle on on, on a starting point for for this conversation. David, uh, it kicked off in uh, late 2011 uh, when eight countries uh, under the leadership of uh, the US and President Obama's time uh, got together at the UN Leaders Week uh, in about September, October uh, 2011. Uh, And the idea was to develop uh, a multilateral international movement that would uh, promote reform in the way government uh, does business. I guess primarily it's about making uh, government in democratic countries better at what they do. And the focus has been on uh, improving transparency, uh, opening government up, um, more collaboration with citizens, anti-corruption, better services. I guess all these things are important uh, areas where no democracy's got it perfect. And this was recognition that both developed and developing countries Uh, have a lot to um, consider in trying to move ahead. Those eight countries uh, were the foundation group, and the whole idea is that governments join, they sign up to an open government declaration, they agree to work with civil society in their own country to develop a two-year action plan of concrete commitments that they will undertake, and they also agree to independent review of their efforts Uh, every couple of years. So from those eight, um, it's now 75. Australia was invited to be at that uh, initial meeting. In fact, uh, Hillary Clinton, as Secretary of State, wrote to Kevin Rudd as Foreign Minister at the time, inviting Australia to join. As far as I can tell, that letter of invitation disappeared into a black hole in Canberra because... Uh, There's no uh, evidence that she ever received a reply. Um, It's a bit unfortunate. Um, And 
Um, Australia, therefore, was on the sidelines of this until, in 2013, Labor then in power, uh, Mark Dreyfus as Attorney-General, finally decided to sign on. It can't, that can't decision came after very strong internal lobbying within the government from that great uh, advocate for integrity in Australian public life, uh, then-Senator John Faulkner, who pushed very hard for Australia to join. And finally, Mark uh, Dreyfus uh, announced we would join in uh, early 2013. By the time of the election in 2013, however, and the change of government with the arrival of the Abbott government, not much had happened to get ahead with that plan that we were required to produce. And I'm afraid the arrival of the Abbott government produced a rather different tone uh, in terms of our enthusiasm for the Open Government Partnership. In effect, uh, we went for two years under the Abbott government with public uh, stance that uh, we had under consideration whether we would proceed with our uh, participation. And, uh, of course, that gave rise to a bit of uh, a reminder of that wonderful uh, episode in Yes Minister when uh, the minister was asked, um, could he explain the difference between something under consideration and under close consideration? <laughs> and the answer was, well, under consideration means we've lost the file <laughs> and under close consideration means we're trying to find it. <laughs> uh, so um, that was a couple of years of um, stalled um, no progress until the arrival of uh, Malcolm Turnbull in late 2015 when there was an announcement that Australia would proceed with membership. So I'm afraid that's a bit of a long answer to your question, yeah. but it's been a bit of a patchy record and it's taken us... Uh, it's been running now for seven years and we've been on and off uh, during that seven-year period. And it, it, interesting, I remember being at that Paris meeting and, and the the endorsement of the Australian Open Government National Action Plan sort of happened in the shadows of the meeting, yeah. almost as the opening yeah. speakers was about to get up on stage. The day before, I yeah, think, the day they, before the, the yeah, conference started. Yeah, exactly. So, but but how well are we doing now and how well is is the movement doing? That The, the movement of eight to 75 countries is... Is obviously fantastic, and that's that's very very good growth in numbers. But what about in terms of of actions? Are we actually seeing that transparency? Are we seeing you know the opening up of data sets? Are we seeing what it is that you originally hoped you would see in terms of changing in behaviours inside governments, not just here in Australia but around the world? That yeah. is, yeah. you know, a fundamental step to rebuilding trust. Well, David, I think um, uh, generally speaking around the world, uh, there's a sense of um, achievement uh, in many cases that um, while that mightn't have been giant steps in every case, there's certainly been some movement by countries that have signed on to this to actually get ahead and undertake some reform. So overall, I think, yes, we're seeing that progress in Australia. I think we have to use uh, hope and disappointment as the terms to use in describing where we are at the moment. We are almost at the end of the two years for our first national action plan. That it consisted of 15 commitments 
Um, and overall, um, uh, they weren't um, as ambitious as many of us might have hoped, uh, the commitments that the government agreed to. Uh, they weren't... Uh, it, it, they didn't emerge from a process that was widely publicised and we didn't have a great deal of um, engagement from outside government. But uh, it was something. So, as I say, it was a step in the right direction. The actual progress in implementing those commitments, I'm afraid to say, has also been very patchy across government. There's been some government agencies that have had a serious go at engaging with uh, those outside government interested in these issues to develop a, a co-created joint effort to move things along. And the, the standout, I think, in the commitments that we've got is some excellent work by um, Industry, Innovation and Science, uh, their GovLab group, on a commitment to look into a better way in which government might go about engaging with people outside government. And uh, Damien Carmichael and his crew in the GovLab in uh, that department have done a very good job in engaging with people outside government to develop some interesting new ways of thinking about how the public might be better placed to collaborate with, with government. On, on other issues, we've been very ordinary in terms of engagement with people outside and a few mysteries about exactly where things stand. For example, one of the commitments was to um, ensure that our information access laws, uh, freedom of information, for example, uh, were fit for the 21st century. Well, that sounded terrific when government signed on to that. However, after a, a bit of a burst of talking to some people um, outside, the Attorney-General's Department has been doing things, but I'm afraid it's a bit of a mystery exactly what they've been doing or where things are up to on that commitment. We don't appear to have um, got very far down the road. I don't think that anyone's heard anything about that since about August last year. So um, that's been uh, less than satisfactory. There's also been some other commitments where we've had a similarly business-as-usual approach by government agencies to collaboration with people outside government. One of the commitments was to have a look into open contracting, which is a, uh, a new uh, emerging international standard about opening up government procurement to greater scrutiny and transparency. And um, the Department of Finance was responsible for uh, undertaking that review and I'm afraid uh, engagement with people outside government was very much old school. Um, put out a paper, invite some submissions, and I'm afraid uh, then draw the curtains uh, until something pops out at the end, which really wasn't in the spirit of partnership. But ha so how, how, how do you change that, though? How, how do you change that when that sort of dead hand, you know, we can see you off, you know, we don't really have to move, there is no... Uh, you know, serious agitation or focus which is going to drive the attention, which is going to drive the change, you know, when this is a an issue that's that's not towards the top and is very much yeah. probably towards the bottom in terms of priority? Well, I think we all know that uh, 
ideas like this need champions and they need champions at a number of levels. You really do need um, political leadership and you need uh, senior public service leadership if these things are going to become uh, what we hope. And I'm afraid on the political leadership, uh, after Malcolm Turnbull signed off, that we would go ahead with uh, our membership of the OGP. Those words uh, have not passed his lips since. Uh, Minister Cormann, as Special Minister of State, has been given responsibility for coordinating implementation of those 15 commitments. Again, he went to Paris. I don't know if you saw him there. He was there for 24 hours at that um, international conference you mentioned. You were there, David. But um, uh, that's the extent to which um, we've seen anything at the political level that fully embraces this sort of concept. And, of course, as you mentioned in the introduction to this talk, trust and confidence in government is at a low ebb. And it's surprising to me that the government hasn't seen the opportunity that's presented by this sort of um, international movement to fully embrace uh, high-level commitment to open government, to better government, to more transparent government, to more accountable government, to higher standards of integrity in public life. Uh, I would have thought all of that could be packaged up as an initiative that would be very well received by the vast majority of voters mm. in this country. Do you see there's obviously, you know, a number of reform programs. Interestingly, you know, in the United States, the, the president's, I think it's called the president's management um, agenda has just been released where they're looking again um, at, at at reform of, of the, uh, the the public sector in America. Here in Australia, you have the 30 review, which is coming up. You've got the Australian Public Service Commission, which is looking at its ongoing modernisation of the of the public service. Do you see somewhere in there that the open government um, partnership network can can play a role or can find a place? Well, I think I think. It's a matter of joining up a lot of dots, isn't it? Mm, uh, it is. The, the, there's a fair bit of activity out there, but I, I think the dots haven't been joined all that effectively. I mean, the open government stuff certainly fits in that broad framework of reform, change, adaptation, uh, getting with it in the 21st century, better use of technology, better delivery of services. Um, all of those things, uh, again are part of this bigger picture. And I think that there hasn't been a good job done in joining up the dots, quite frankly. Whose job, one, whose job is it to, to join the dots up, though? Well, I'm an old public servant from a long time ago. Public service used to see that as their role, I think. But um, the Prime Minister's Department has responsibility working to um, Matthias Cormann uh, for the open government stuff. And, of course, you've got uh, different... Uh, PM&C's also got the support carriage of the Thody Review. PM&C's also got the co-chair arrangements for development of Australia's plans for the Sustainable Development Goals. Uh, there's a whole lot of things that have been recognised uh, that need the attention of a very important central agency like PM&C... But I think that they might be struggling a bit to uh, join the dots from what I can see. Mm. And um, that's an important part of what should happen to 
lift our game in this area. Oh, well, let's hope. You know, we, one lives in hope that that may, in, in fact, um, take place. But listen, one of the things I'm, I'm fascinated in, because this particular podcast really, what we what we focus on is essentially that the insight that, you know, everyone is now in the publishing business and particularly government and public sector organisations, agencies, all can now produce, create, distribute content, useful, relevant you know, information through video, audio, stills, text and graphics. This notion that the factors of media production and um, distribution have been democratised. Um, that's really what we talk about on, on a regular basis. And I, I really see that this opportunity does live inside this open government, you know, government being better explainers, but government being better at, at telling people these are the policy decisions that we're making and here are the reasons why and here is a whole lot of useful information, you know, expressed uh, in, in a useful in information uh, sorry, entertaining, compelling way. But when I went to the, that meeting in Paris a couple of years ago, this whole sense of storytelling was lost. And it was, well, sorry, it wasn't lost. It wasn't even there. You know, what people were talking about was, you know, data and risk and all sorts of things that didn't really take this opportunity um, as part of, you know, how do we make government better at explaining themselves? How do you make that link between this new gift and capability driven by technology around that ability to explain and, uh, you know, and government taking up that opportunity to engage with citizens and stakeholders more effectively? I think, there's some, as I said, there's some interesting work being undertaken by the GovLab people in uh, industry in the industry department on this very issue of how can government public servants be better at telling the story but also listening to the audience. I mean, there's two things involved, isn't there? There is. Government needs to recognise that all wisdom doesn't reside in uh, the agencies of the state in Canberra and there is wisdom outside and industry is putting forward the view that in the interests of better policy, better decisions, there's a need to recognise that those outside government have something to contribute and enabling them to contribute effectively will improve the quality of the product, better policy, better decisions, better approaches to implementation, better approaches to service delivery, at the same time as probably boosting the likelihood that those decisions and initiatives will be better supported because people outside government have had some inputs uh, on the way through. So I think there's movement at the station on this, David, but there's a long way to go. Uh, You asked me before, how do we influence these things? And I said, we need champions Uh, We need champions at the political level. We need senior public service leadership. And we also need from outside government voices that speak up on these sorts of issues. And so voices count and more voices count more, I think, is is the best way to to frame that. Uh, As you said, we've established a network. We've got about 120 members. Some of those members are organisations like Transparency International, the Accountability Roundtable, the Open Australia Foundation, um, the Media, Entertainment and Arts Alliance. Um, 
and others and individuals who are interested. But most people haven't heard anything at all about the Open Government Partnership. One of the criticisms in an independent report that was released uh, a few months back by Daniel Stewart of Australian National University uh, was critical of what's gone on so far, or mildly critical, I think, of what's gone on so far, particularly the failure to reach out to broader audiences in Australia that uh, should be involved in this sort of initiative. And I'm afraid that's still uh, something that we haven't seen enough action on. So um, you said earlier we live in hope. We do. Uh, I said hope and disappointment might be the best way to summarise where we are. But uh, we certainly do need uh, more attention to this issue and more public uh, engagement with uh, with government to try and improve the way things operate. Well, I think so. 120. That's pretty pretty miserable, isn't it? Really, when you consider well, just it, with just exactly what it is that we're talking about here. We're talking about you know yeah. the, the the central functioning part of the democracy where you know there is yes. free flow of information yeah. between everybody, and we've got 120 members in Australia. That's, yes, that's well. If if there's anyone listening who uh, sees the importance of this, um, have a look at our website, www.opengovernment.org.au. Um, and on the Twitter, we are at OpenGovAU. So be glad to hear from anyone who uh, would like to join. As I said, voices count, but more voices certainly count more. Sure. But is part of the problem, though, where, where it's joint, where, where you know, the, the civil society is actually joined with the government in, in one particular um, enterprise, whereas if you were, you know, not conjoined, that you would be able to be, you know, more open, more critical, you know, run your own race a bit more and really yeah. drive you know, a, a much more interesting and compelling um, story yes. that people may engage well, with? Well, two things about that, David. The network itself's been uh, pretty critical of what's gone on so far, but there is a bridge. There's a, there's a sort of coming together of government and uh, civil society in a body that was established after we started to move ahead on this um, Open Government Partnership initiative. It's called the Open Government Forum, and there are six representatives from civil society and six from government that sit on that body. It meets every couple of months. It play, it's playing an important role in developing our uh, commitments for a second national action plan, which is due in August this year. And I think that um, you raise an interesting issue there. I think those of us in the network certainly can step back and be... Um, analytical and critical where that's necessary about the way things are going. People who are on the forum, I guess, are part of a decision-making group and I guess they've moved from uh, a position of um, uh, arm's length standing back yeah. to really being part of the decision-making group that's going to put uh, recommendations to government. And so that's a di rather different tone uh, in their deliberations than uh, we see from those of us who are completely outside that process. Yeah, fair enough. Well, listen, I think that it is something that, you know, people who are in the business of, of, of helping government, you know, tell better stories really need to get 
engaged about and really need to understand that. So it was www.opengovernment.org.au. But also there, we have many listeners all over the world. So I think even if you Google Open Government Network in your particular country, you'll find a way that you can get involved and to understand just exactly how we can, you know, get that bridge working, as Peter says, so that we can get a you know, much more momentum around what is really potentially... Because I was, you know, being in Paris at that particular meeting was inspiring. You know, it's a great idea and so many wonderful, clever, talented people all looking to, you know, all motivated there by, you know, this this sort of this drive to strengthen communities and improve the well-being of citizens and to to improve the reputation of government and the contribution of civil society. So it was very uplifting and aspirational, but, you know, I think we've got to look at ways that we can make it more relevant, more consistent, so as that people, you know, we have more discussions consistently over time as opposed to these big events where everyone goes and gets all excited for four days and then goes back to work, so... They're about to do it again, uh, David. It's in Tbilisi in Georgia oh, okay. uh, next month. Oh. Uh, so um, um, I hope there'll be a good turnout there. Again, on the disappointment front, um, we've heard from PM&C or we understand from PM&C that um, Australia won't have a minister that will be there uh, in Georgia next month. That's disappointing. I think um, Senator Cormann's appearance in Paris was about the first time Australia had uh, a minister at the uh, event, and this, this one in Georgia will be the fifth of these global summits. But um, again, it's a little disappointing that this isn't seen to be something worth the time and attention of some of our very senior leadership. So, um, well, on that disappointing note, that a bit of, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> I'd like to finish on stay positive. I guess, I guess uh, David, that's my my motto or no. mantra. So, well, exactly. And, and, and look, we, we, we should all be engaged in this enterprise. You know, we should all be thinking about it and contributing and talking about it. So maybe we can all jump in and, you know, a few more people can get engaged and, and, and we can move forward. But Peter Timmons, thank you so much for your time today. Um, I've very much appreciated it. And I know the audience uh, has appreciated the, your time and wisdom as well. So good luck um, with your ongoing con- contribution to the uh, Open Government Partnership Network. Um, interestingly, you mentioned uh, Damien Carmichael. He is going to be a guest on this podcast in the next couple of weeks. So look forward to that. Damien wrote a great paper that I think was presented at last year's conference around this notion of a new way to engage. And interestingly, we actually have been doing some work with the Department of Innovation, Industry and Science around um, methods around content communication. So how can they be better at producing and curating content so as that um, people can better understand what government decisions are being made and why those decisions are being made. So great department here in Australia doing some wonderful work and certainly I look forward to having that conversation with Damien Carmichael from the good people at GovLab. But Peter, thanks to you and to you, the audience. Thanks once again for coming back and listening to us this week. But we will be back at the same time next week. But for the moment, it's bye for now. You've been listening to the GovComs podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to rate and subscribe to stay up to date with our latest episodes.